Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. We're going to a Halloween party tonight, Jay. We are. We're going to a Broken Goblet's Halloween party. Currently, you and I are in costumes. Uh, I am dressed as Negan from The Walking Dead, and you are... I'm kind of like um, a redneck 80s guy. Some some kind of sort of thing. I don't know. We both did lazy <laughs> costumes. We just picked stuff in our closet to make us what we I were. Purchased I purchased a wig, and I got inspired from that. <laughs> I did I did spend about an kinda hour. like a Joe Dirt-esque thing, you know, sort of, in a, in a way. Everything else I had, but I did spend about an hour making Negan's back today so uh it is pretty sweet looking we do have some beer reviews for you these are the last pumpkin beers of the season Welcome back to the beer segment. And as always with beer segments, me and Jay have a drunk scene for you. This week, because it is the week of Halloween and we are doing our top five zombie films, why not do a drunk scene from one of my favorite zombie films, which you can expect will be on my list. See, I knew you'd get over it. Put this on. So random. Oh, for fuck's sake, John. Yes, please, mate. Do 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 Something up and up and up. Telling everybody to come along, cause white lines blow away. Blow! Ah, <laughs> oh, get higher, baby. Ah, get higher, baby. Ah, get higher, girl. Ah! Dibba 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 freeze what a tip and jay this is uh one of my fa- <laughs> i absolutely love this movie i love how i love how smart Shaun of the dead is i love how it's written I, I i love this scene i'll probably go into more detail about Shaun of the dead later on but uh this is such a great drunk scene it, like every guy has had this drunk scene every guy has broken i've had this drunk scene with you you've had yeah. this drunk scene with me absolutely we played it out uh we're two friends just go out and they get drunk after one of them has has broken up with a significant other and you know the one guy's sad and the other guy's just trying to cheer him up and that's exactly what ed and sean are doing here just what good friends do, you yeah. know, and, and unfortunately it does happen from now, from now on again and, and, and it happened with you, it happened with me and, and, and it happens with other people, girls, guys, doesn't matter who you are. Um, we've all been there and they do it 
in such a fun way. You if know? you're Jay, you've been there a lot more often yes. than other people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although you do, you you are one of the few people that I know of that like you break up with somebody and then you're sad about how you broke up with them. You like you like lament over it for a little while. Like, did I do the right thing? What should I do? Uh, should I try it again? I don't I like there? making people upset. I don't. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. That's for sure. <laughs> Both in the bedroom and out. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> That's what she said. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, so anyway, uh, yeah. but in this scene, they, um, you know, uh, it's it, my, my favorite part of the scene is, and I, I left it in the audio. I cut a lot out of the audio because obviously it's not going to be very interesting for people just to listen to the scene from the movie. But when when Ed is sitting there, he's like, Yo, there's plenty of fish in the sea. You'll meet other women. And then if you leave me now, oh, who put this? on is on random <laughs> and then of course john yes please <laughs> and they spend the rest of the night taking shots getting drunk and ed uh talks about how you know what they should do the next day they should stay up get drunk and then come back in for a couple of shots and mm-hmm. keep the party rolling yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like such a great like the drunk talk the plans you make when you're drunk oh man <laughs> and of course as they leave the bar they're like there's actual like zombie carnage going on around them but they're uh-huh. too blind drunk to uh-huh. see it <laughs> and the zombie moans are just kind of like correlating with their yeah. musical like number <laughs> oh god i love the music in this film we'll get into that we'll get into that a little bit later on but me and jay got our last pumpkin beers to go to so this is the last bit of our horror show uh <laughs> us having to get through a month of pumpkin beers so i'm gonna go first uh the pumpkin beer i had is actually not a beer at all for the first time i think we're reviewing a cider i had the harpoon pumpkin cider and it is 4.8 percent alcohol per volume jay I'm, I'm not gonna lie i hate ciders like i despise ciders they give me as do i they give me massive heartburn most of the time um and i expected this to 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 taste a lot like sour pumpkin i'm not even sure if that's a thing and it it was tart but not too tart right it was actually kind of refreshing uh uh, so uh, but i actually i i found myself enjoying it a lot now i've had other ciders and i fucking hate them like i i haven't liked them and there was a lot more uh you said you had a lot of like peanut buttery taste or maybe it was me and i no it was earthy it was like an earthy earthy thing and i and i i took a sip of it i think that's the pumpkin i had a weird like pumpkin peanut butter like champagne type flavors going on and i really just hated it <laughs> just despised it despised it it was not for me whatsoever i honestly i didn't mind it like it it wasn't too tart it was it was pretty refreshing it wasn't overpowering with pumpkin or apple it, it really just tasted like an apple cider with slight pumpkin to it i you you would barely even know it's alcohol my wife loves these things mm. i'm not a huge fan of them but for this in this in this regard as a pumpkin beer it's it's pretty high up there. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid three. I mean, I'm not. I'm never gonna drink it again because I'm mm. like I said, not a huge cider fan. But it's a solid three. So yeah, and we you know we're judging this on a sliding scale, obviously. But yeah. this is definitely. I'm happy to say my favorite pumpkin beer of the month. Um, All right, what you got? I have the Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It is eight percent alcohol by volume and. Low IBUs at 21, but this had a perfect marriage of all the great flavors that a pumpkin beer, a pumpkin, a pumpkin beer that should have. I mean, with the, you know, the great malt flavor, the little pumpkin spice flavor, the little nougat flavor, a little, little bit of everything that you want. And it had a great balance and it didn't have that overpowering taste that 
didn't make you want to get another one. Right. I could probably have two, maybe three of these, it which is a, saying something. <laughs> yours, yeah, it's a little heavy for me. I'd probably only have one, but I, I did enjoy yours a lot. Uh, it was, it was nice. I mean, it was very, it was, it was I very was dark, yeah. dark ale. Had some nice, ni- nice uh, toasted malt notes, and it the pumpkin flavor was was minimal there. And definitely noticeable, sure, but minimal. Um, and they, and it they had wrote, a, and it had a clean finish. It didn't, it didn't yeah. have like an overpowering bad aftertaste or something in your throat. Yeah, <laughs> like that one pumpkin beer had, which was terrible. This I will give a solid, solid four. Perfect, man. Yeah. So definitely, if you can get yourself, uh, you get your hands. Don't worry about the harpoon. Uh, the, the, if, honestly, pumpkin beer season has ended around here. Um, it ended in mid October. We, uh, we we had trouble finding pumpkin beers. The the harpoon cider one, which yeah. just happened to be sitting on the shelf, it might was, find a couple strays on the yeah. sale rack. But yeah, if there's if there's any still in sale on sale in your area, definitely pick up the the Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin because it's actually it's not just it's not just a good pumpkin beer. It's a pretty good beer. Period. Yeah. Yep. So coming up next, me and Jay are going to get into our top five zombie films. Give Jay a little bit of a break. Not Please his, do. not Please. his genre, <laughs> not at all, and not even a little you bit. You might hate me for my number one, but I love it. I can see it. I can see it. It's just outside. Any zombies out there? Don't say that. What? That? What? That? The dead word. Don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. <sighs> all right. Are there any other? Shoot it, man! Shoot it in the head! Put another round of that woman over there. Look, she's a twitcher. In fact, the only thing he was more obsessed with than killing zombies was finding a twiggy. Hell is overflowing, and Satan is sending his dead to us. Why? When there is no. And welcome back. Me and Jay are going to be doing our top five zombie films. Now, zombie films for me, this is a genre that I love. I haven't, I haven't yep. grown out of this genre. I know, like we've gotten saturated in in pop culture with zombies. Uh, you know, around the late two thousands, uh, early twenty tens, sure. we got a little saturated with zombies. Most on my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have a lot of the later zombies. Well, films. I got into the the genre much much later in life. Um, and so I got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the genre is how zombie films are far much less about the zombies themselves and about the group of people mm. that are stuck surviving right. surviving it. You know, one of the things I've always noticed in zombie films is that zombies are are mainly they're like a plague. They're like they're like a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. You could have a flood, you could have a wildfire, you could have, you know, a night of the twisters. <laughs> and you know, it's just people hold up in one place trying to survive. And that is the that is the crux of the story it's it's how people react in crisis situations you get right. to see the true nature of people that's one of the things that i love about them mm. is you you know you really get to suss out through the story not so much good guys bad guys but like who is a good person i would say versus sure. and that's i, I mean you're obviously going to get the the more proactive ones right. that are going to be taking the initiative and take the charge of the situation right. and ones are just going to follow along and exactly or, or freak out or do something stupid you know everybody's different and one of the things that that you know 
know, I love is um, obviously I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. Me and my wife are now currently doing The Walking Dead recap show um, over at Core Temp Arts for TV8 My Brain. So you can check me and my wife out over there doing that. But Do I it. love The Walking Dead because one of the one of the ideas of The Walking Dead was, when it started as a comic is that it's the zombie movie that doesn't end. So you get to actually see characters not just in like, you know, this a lot of times in zombie zombie movies, it's people surviving one situation. You never see what happens to them after they they get out of that situation if they get out of that situation mm. this is if it's following a group of people as they survive multiple situations and how their characters evolve both in the comics and in the and in the tv show and they take time with the series it, right with, right yeah, sometimes they sometimes they take a little bit too much time. Well, sure. uh, i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie it gets a little boring at times well, i know I, <laughs> gets, I think i think i call it one episode that just had one character in it the whole time pretty much well i made two. i that's the best episode i've ever had the pilot episode is the episode i showed mm. you the one uh directed by frank right. darabont who was the original showrunner on it absolutely awesome awesome opening um but i mean it's just that that's the aspect that's what draws me to the to the zombie to the zombie genre and it's not that i can't get enough of it i get enough of it right now i'm getting just enough of it a movie every couple of years a tv show and a couple comic books that's it i don't need i don't need a saturated market like there was years a couple years ago i'm good with what we got so let's get into let's get into our picks the only disclaimer i have is that for anybody who who is wondering and knows that i'm a huge evil dead fan because i always talk about evil dead at times i am a huge evil dead fan but i don't see evil dead as a zombie flick and maybe throughout our picks um I'll explain why, but Evil Dead is about possession more so. The dead do rise, but they're possessed by by demons. So it's not really zombies, not in the sense, not in the George A. Romero sense. So. Sure, sure. All right, Jay, let's start off with you. What do you got for your number five, man? 2013's World, World War Z. So this movie stars Brad Pitt, directed by Mark Forrester, had a notorious disaster of a production. Um, they had to do a lot of reshoots. The whole last act is essentially all reshot, rewritten yeah. after they filmed the movie. Yeah, because um, the, the last shot, the, if, if I remember right, I can't remember whether Russia was supposed to happen before before Israel or after Israel, but Forrester felt that, and, and the studio felt that, it, it was derivative of the scene that they of, of scenes they just did. It was basically like your act two and your act three were exactly the same, yeah, yeah. and they they didn't like that note, so they wanted to they wanted to to bring the story down closer, make it a little bit more personal, and and focus on just Brad Pitt's character, right. And it was it was a smart choice, and because I I loved I loved those parts, I loved those scenes, I loved that intimacy, I liked seeing a little bit more of what those zombies looked like and kind of felt like their their energy, their their the way they looked and acted and reacted and seeing right. how the humans acted and reacted along in in that secluded place. It's not on my list, but I'll say this: I enjoyed the film. It was very interesting seeing a worldwide zombie film right. where so much of zombie films will take place in one location i mean that's that's kind of I, the trope of them yeah i think that's one of the things that i liked and appreciated was the the scope of it all right and i like to see that urgency and just seeing how just chaos is everywhere However, and, and also the follow-up i'm ex- i'm really excited for the sequel especially because of our boy david fincher david is gonna Fincher's take the directing. helm right so i felt like I, I wanted to put it on a list for sure for number five and kind of 
one of but the things d- drop the name down let us let everybody know that we are excited for yeah. the sequel well yeah one of the things that and was lost in our audio uh flub in, in in my computer crashing was we did a full review of mindhunter and mm. we both we both enjoyed it we both had a great yeah, time we, with it. we both loved it <laughs> we both loved it <laughs> we both loved really it loved um it. maybe we'll be able to mention it in episode 69 69 <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh for me zombie uh world war z doesn't make my list uh because I'm a huge fan of the Max Brooks novel, which, you know, you couldn't have made that novel into a, a movie. You wouldn't. Have. It would have been a series of vignettes um, with one character central to it, doing all the interviews, creating those vignettes. But I just felt like the novel was was far more powerful. It, you know, it definitely showed how society would deal with a, with a zombie outbreak on a large scale. Uh, yeah. And I felt that the... The, the movie kind of failed in that a little bit. I I just I just didn't they feel... They went a different direction. I did not feel as personally attached in the film as I did when I was reading that novel. Mm. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. So I mean, I am looking forward to a sequel. And if David Fincher really does wind up directing it, plenty of time for him to walk away. Let's be, let's be real here. But, but I think they're going to change up the whole dynamic of the movie. It's not going to be like... The way right. they, they learned, a, they learned their lesson from the first movie, I think, Absolutely. and will definitely improve upon it. So, my number five is Return of the Living Dead. It is written by John A. Russo, who is one of the screenwriters for Night of the Living Dead. He worked with George A. Romero on that, mm. and they apparently had different ideologies about where to take the franchise. So, he saw zombies as as more of a um as more sympathetic you know they were very they were very sympathetic um where the the instead of eating flesh in return of the living dead you find out that they eat brains and the reason they eat brains is because coming back to life is painful so they need the serotonin in the brain to to dull the pain of of being brought back to life and one of the things that i loved about it was it, a lot of it is done to comedic effect. Like in the first couple minutes of the film, a zombie comes to life and the characters in the movie have seen Night of the Living Dead. And they're like, hit it in the head. You know, destroy the brain. And they hit it in the head, the zombie in the head. And the zombie's still going. And they're, they're, they're aghast. They can't quite figure it out. And it, it's it's pretty funny. Um, the soundtrack is good. It's got 80s punk rockers in it. They're in a cemetery. I love that. Trying to, just trying to survive this this uh, this zombie horde. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not so much scary as it is just a lot of fun to, to watch. And uh, definitely seeing a completely different take on, on the zombie genre, and especially so early on in the early 1980s. But it's 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 one of my it's one of my favorite zombie films, and I, I can't recommend it enough. If you're a zombie fan, or you're just a fan of cheesy horror, you're just a fan that you know you just want to sit down, and watch something, shut your brain off. Definitely give that that give Return of the Living Dead a shot if you haven't already. Definitely. So my number four is 2009's Zombieland, directed by Ruben Flesher. I'm starting to think like maybe me and you, our lists might not match up <laughs> <laughs> at all. I really, I like, didn't really think they would. I like Zombieland. Like that's don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like oh, I dislike Zombieland, but I'm saying there's so many better zombie movies out there, Jay. I, what you got look, going on in we, your we list? We talked about this in the beginning. Like I have a lot of catching up to do with it with that genre uh there is a very limited amount of movies that i saw in the zombie world um not too many past five so <laughs> for me to make my top five list so let's know, be honest I had to put them in order this is on your top five list because of tallahassee because of well yeah i mean <laughs> it's 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 on it because what, of woody what, woody harrelson by far is the standout of this of this movie and the great surprise cameo of bill murray playing himself <laughs> and you know that was it was just 
beautifully done. And you know, I saw Eddie Van Halen. Oh, you did? How's he doing? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. And I, I just, I liked, I liked the 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 comical uh, road movie kind of esque to it. Like it was very tongue in cheek. Um, it definitely, yeah, it was definitely self aware of know, the genre it was playing. It, it in. was, and and it kind of, it was a fun little romp. It was just an enjoyable movie that I, I really liked. No, and, it's absolutely enjoying. And, I, I I own the film. I love watching it. Uh, I love when Bill Murray gets shot, and Woody Harrelson's like, maybe we can just put this back together. It's like, yeah, that's still tender. Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't touch that. <laughs> But one of the things I, I disliked about the movie was it kind of sold itself as like, especially the trailers and even in the beginning of the film, the first act of the film as like, this is, this is Columbus's, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character. This is his, his zombie survival guide. Like he, they, they kind of aped the zombie survival guide. This right. is, these are rules for surviving the zombie apocalypse. And he goes through rule one, rule two. Yeah. And then later on, like they just, they kind of drop a rule, like Completely throw it out the at the end of the second act. And they're like, yeah, this is rule number 96. I'm like, Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I thought like I was getting like his, you know, my 10 rules for surviving the zombie apocalypse. And I was actually kind of interested in that type of storyline. Of course, the interpersonal storylines that came with it, I was interested in as well. But, you know, it it felt like something that that a character arc for him and they kept it in there as a character arc. But by the time you got to the end of the third act and he added his last rule of like, you know, sometimes you just got to have fun. Sometimes you just got to wing it. You know, it it, it felt like since they hadn't referenced his rules for survival in so long, it felt a little cheap, felt a little tacked on, felt like something they they dropped. Definitely did. Either an edit or they, they wound up just dropping from the film. Yeah, itself. it was kind of a cop-out. And it's one of those things where it kind of loses your respect, you know, of, of, of the, the story and the script and the, and the character. But it was good enough to make the intro because sure. Tallahassee's love of Twinkies oh, is absolutely a. phenomenal. And he's probably the only person that you get emotionally attached to in the film. You're yeah. very interested in his background, you know. He he tells he tells him that that well, I lost I lost my I lost my puppy, and everyone's like, oh man, he lost his puppy, and then you find out, nah, it was his fucking son, man. He's a well, damaged yeah. guy. I mean, every single one of the um, Jesse Eisenberg's character, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, you know, they play sisters, and you pretty much that's all you get. It's kind of on the surface, you know. They are there along for the ride. And Woody Harrelson just knows how to sprinkle in some some real depth, you know, with with that character. And it could have been an easily fluff character, you know, and it, and it was a lot of fun. And he's probably as big a fan of Ghostbusters as I am in the film. Absolutely. So I do enjoy it. It's just definitely not on my list. My number four, Jay. Some people might think this is criminally low, and that's fine. It is Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. So this is the movie, mm. the first time I saw it, this was the first time I was, A, aware of Killian Murphy. But B, uh, it was the first time that a zombie film was really done where I say they show that that large scale. They show that grand scale of all of London being abandoned and just what that got that tracking shot. It's just so yeah. phenomenal that just it. This one comes down to tone for me, just the tone of it, uh, the graininess, the uh, the but also the the blood now. Technically, it's not a zombie film. These zombies don't don't consume. They are it's they are just infected, which is why by the end of the film they are starving to death and dying out um, because they're not technically the undead. But it, you get that you get that horde mentality of it where they're you know they're being chased down by by numbers. And really, th- this numbers. is the movie that kind of revamped yeah. in a way this kind of genre. I think in, in a really high quality. It really way. did. It really um, did yeah. during that time, and it kind of kickstarted everything. And, and Danny, Danny Boyle did a hell of a job, and this really put him on the map again. It did, after yeah. Transpotting. After Transpotting, because he had been gone for almost yeah. almost a 
decade by this point. Well, well six know, or when seven years. you do years. the beach, you know. Eh, yeah, the beach eh. really. You, you kind of put it on the, on the bench after that. But I'm 100% <laughs> sure we're going to talk about this a little bit more on your list because I know you've seen it, this It is movie. on my list, I yes. know it's on your list. So, Jay, what do you got for your number three? Last year's Train to Busan. Train to Busan was a huge surprise for me because well, I actually caught just, this. Let's just pause for a minute. Sure. Let's just talk about this one together. Okay. Because we're going to come back to we're going to come back to me for my number three, and it's also Train to Busan. Ooh. I'm very happy because I'm happy this made your list because I know you got interested in this movie because you sat in my living room when me and Lauren were at the very yeah at the last 20 minutes of this film you watched it and you that's all it took you were pretty engrossed by I, it I was and, and and that's all it took um I was definitely engrossed and and this that's saying something for me because this is not really my genre and it's a it's a foreign movie it's all subtitled yeah it's um, Korean it's, film it's not it's Korean it's not heavily sli- subtitled and and the way these actors really did such a great job of portraying portraying such emotion it got me hooked and i rewatched it and it was on playing on netflix and i think once it got on netflix yeah all of a sudden everybody just started you know tweeting about it well it was talking it, about it like did you catch this movie it was There's a small movie out there it was that, a small u.s release uh yeah. so some people some people got to see it it got a lot of buzz going before it was on netflix by the time it got, i saw it before it got on netflix but by the time it got on netflix yeah, it really did blow up but for me this film really drew me in in its story how it starts out with a father who's kind of like has a strained relationship with his with his mm. daughter. She's growing up, and you know he he really doesn't understand her anymore. And it's something that has to do with Asian culture, uh, and it has probably a lot to do with with United States culture too, where we are workaholics. A lot of people in the United States, and that's true in a lot of in a lot of Asian cultures as well. That we that you know they are workaholics. You know, business is is business, and family. It, not that it comes second, but when you're in business mode, it does take a back seat. And he's that type of person where he's very into the business aspect of his life and he's been failing at connecting with his daughter. Sure. And it takes this tragedy for him to become a real father almost. And to me, like that was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, I won't spoil it because I know there's, there's a good amount of people. I'm not saying a lot of people, but there's probably a good amount of people who haven't seen it. So I I don't want to spoil a lot from it. But it is absolutely. And it's, Netflix, I think, yeah, still probably still on Netflix. Yeah. And it's got it's got a really cool zombie lore. It got these cool scenes when the tra- it all takes place on a train. So think Snowpiercer, but with zombies mm. uh, and Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> but when they go through the train, when they go through the tunnel on the train, they go through the tunnel. Like mm. that, those scenes are suspenseful as fuck dude and i do love that like snowpiercer it does have like a cast system in it there are people at the front of the train who are the upper echelon of sure. society yeah and they've cordoned themselves off from the rest of them and all the way to the end there's class yeah in, and uh, i'll say this like this movie made me cry like the end made me cry so if you can if you're the type of person that doesn't want to read subtitles suck it the fuck up buttercup and and just get through it for this one because i guarantee you you'll you'll enjoy it this is not a bad subtitle movie to watch. No. It's not like a Spanish subtitle film where they move along very quickly. Um, this was very watchable. So don't be scared. Jay, coming back to you for number two now. Well, we just already talked about it. 28 Days Later. This movie was one of the first movies that I saw in this genre. And gosh, I mean, and it has that kind of sensibility for me, indie kind of quality where that real like low grade camera. And it's got Killian Murphy's dick, Killian which Murphy's you love. Dick, which you I, I love. do love. You know, you love. he's got a nice soft bush going on. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was a little. <laughs> He's, he's been in coma for a long time. It's 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 nestled in there. It's, right. it's staying warm. It had atrophy. <laughs> you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> so, 
Um, I really just was blown away by the scope of it all and yeah. how and how they were able to pull off this movie and just seeing how these characters get into certain situations and how you can see, for example, a boyfriend, girlfriend and how they interact with each other and with other people and how they're surviving. And then also how a father and daughter is doing it as well. And then later on in the final act, when you get involved with the military and seeing how just terrible people can be, you know, and in and, and certain kind of situations. It's it, it really was mind awakening and as got, far as what how human beings really can be and got, how animalistic they can be really too. It's got one of our favorite actors that we have on the show, Dom Hall Gleason. It's got his daddy, Brendan it Gleason. It does, um, and he plays the father to the to the young girl who unfortunately meets his demise at some point. And mm. that's when you find out that like it's not just being attacked by these infected that that turn you. I mean, he gets a drop of blood in the eye and 30 seconds later he's a killing machine um and and he knows it and and it's one of those things where he he played the honorable right. guy and i think if 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 celine and and uh, jim killing murphy's character had met the 16 year old girl the, the young girl on their own without her father they might not have had a, a connection to her but throughout their story you know he kind of becomes like a de facto like father like he kind of and after he's gone they see it that they have to protect her and you know once they get to the once they get to the uh, to the mansion that is that the the la- it feels like they're the last stronghold the military has is held up i mean right. when you find out what the military's plans are for Celine and for Jim and for the young girl you find out that i mean that's really the moment that you realize society is gone you know these are these are men that are meant to protect our society and here they are like completely breaking you know laws of society ethical you know? right but they see it as well we have a greater law to to follow and that's survival survival of the species and one of my favorite scenes is when jim hops the fence after he escapes uh you know his execution and he just had that great speech from from the one guy who says like you know what would you do with the diseased little island wake up we're quarantined like the rest of the world's moving on and jim is laying on his back on top of those dead bodies and he's just looking up in the sky and he sees the the jet stream overhead and he sees the plane moving and he realizes it's true the rest of the world has moved on, which means they have a chance. They can get off this island, uh, the you know England, <laughs> and because they can he, survive. Because, because that's the thing. It gives them something to fight for, though. He, exactly. was, he was giving up. He Nobody was else done. knows except the military has that opportunity because they have the technology and the right. know-how. And let's but face it. He the, didn't know. No, none of the other survivors knew that that's what's going on. They just expected the whole world was like this. It's almost like the, and I'll say it's a fourth act when Jim comes back. Pretty much. Kind of. And yeah. goes on his one man rampage through them. And it doesn't feel like Rambo. You know, it feels kind of believable to an extent. Well, when you, it's, think about it. I mean, yeah. when you're in that position, how else would you be? I yeah. mean, like, it, it, you're, you're, it's all, for, it's all or nothing. It was just it's catching them off guard is what it was. Well, yeah. So, but yeah, I absolutely love that movie, Jay. So, uh, good pick for your, for your number, for your number two. And we're on to my number two, Jay. Yes. It was, me. it was our drunk scene. Mm. <laughs> uh, it is Shaun of the Dead. Uh, and I was talking about a little bit in our, in our beer segment, but I love the writing in this film. I love how it goes through Sean's mundane life, all of his mundane problems, problems that everyone can relate to, and how all of those problems 
echo back and all those everything that happens in the first act of the film echoes back in the second and third act during the zombie apocalypse it's one of the things that i I absolutely love you know and i love the little jokes too the jokes are great you know when uh his when his mother is leaving the message and his mother's name's barbara which night of the living dead uh, they're coming to get you barbara (laughs) um his mother's name's barbara as an homage to that so many little homages to it uh he mentions that ash is out sick today um but when she leaves the message, she's just like, and I want to know whether Elizabeth eats meat because a lot of people don't eat meat these days. Ha, pun, everyone's eating meat these days because they're all dead. <laughs> I love I love just little jokes like that peppered out throughout the film. You got red on you is a joke that, that you know, he, he gets red ink on his shirt at work. Later on, after he kills a zombie at hotel, you, you got red on you <laughs> after he kills a zombie. He's got blood all over him little things like that such smart writing and the music i absolutely love the music just from the way the film opens you know that just that very like synth ethereal music that goes along with it i absolutely love it and i love that uh that kind of music just always works well in movies doesn't it it works well works well in stranger things too (laughs) but uh i really really in just that's one of the films that me and my wife like if there's nothing else to put on we can just go just want to watch Shaun of the dead yeah why not It's so good, but it's 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 not my number one because it didn't it didn't define the genre. My number one defined modern zombie genre, and I'll get into that. Stay Jay? tuned what after you- my controversial number one. What's your number one? 2013's Warm Bodies. You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> That's a fucking joke, right? It's not. I mean, I know it's not. I know know that you would blow, you know, you would blow Nicholas Holt for a, for, for a dime. (laughs) I know you love the dude. I know you fucking love him, but if it can get me a date with his ex-girlfriend, Jennifer Lawrence, I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I hate warm bodies. I don't, I don't hate the movie, but, but I mean, it doesn't even come close. I don't even think I would even find a spot for it on my top 10. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good. I, for I me, this it. was just—it was surprising. I, I didn't—I loved the trailer. It, it was catchy. It was kind of so self-aware again of the genre of what it's doing, and it just worked so well. They took Rob Coldry's mouth away from him, pretty much. He didn't really get yeah. to be—he didn't get to be Rob Coldry until like the very end of the movie. But you can just like. <laughs> You can just sort of see it, like because you know him as an actor, and he could, and he does such a great job. He did playing yeah. that role. It was so fantastic, and I thought Teresa Palmer did a, a you know a solid job as, as as playing against Nicholas Holt's zombie um, as the human that he falls just, in love with. Yeah. And I just love the music and the and the just the. I, wasn't there I, I a proposed love, sequel to this where's that at wasn't there i thought there was supposed to be a sequel to this i don't know i know it did well like it did well it, it did well but i'm not sure if it did that well and i think after by the time that was gonna maybe happen i think people were starting to come off of the whole zombie that's genre. true um at least this kind of thing you know maybe not so much it was know, walking dead type i will of say this stuff, like but- i know when i saw the trailers i really thought that it was it was going to be like twilight but with a zombie and then when i when i saw it i was like no it's not twilight with a zombie it's it's parodying that it's 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 it is it's yeah. thumbing its nose at it. it's poking fun at that so but i just thoroughly like i saw that this is i saw this more Jay, times than number, probably any other zombie movie Jay, on my number, list over to i expected 28 days later and would have respected that as your number one well as your number that, one jay number five maybe just this because over trained to busan this over trained to busan well that's what I'm saying because of rewatchability and how much uh, fun this movie was for me to watch. Have you? How does Shaun of the Dead not even make your list? I wonder. I wonder too. Because you've <laughs> never seen it, have you? True. Oh I, my saw, God. I saw it in parts. I saw it in parts. I saw it in parts. How are you, my co-host? <laughs> 
<laughs> How are we friends? I'll never understand this. Send all your hate. We- <laughs> To at JD Short zero zero. Dave loves all the hate mail. Yeah, yeah. Thank and, you, everybody. Oh, and and yeah, and 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 make sure that you that, that you uh, also tag tag me at Super Movie Pod yeah. in all of it, yeah. so I can just laugh at Jay as people just shade hate all oh of you. My God. I know people love this movie, but number one, Jay, number one. I wanted. It's a twist. It's a twist. For me, it's just so much. I don't know. I just really enjoy watching it, and that's really why I put it at number one. Is because of rewatchability and how much fun it is for me. Not so much because it's the best movie made of the the zombie world and that genre. Okay. It's not, and I know that. But for me, as far as like this kind of genre, what movie that I liked watching the most, I I decided to put this on number one. Fair so enough. That was my my, my number one, Jay. Nineteen seventy eight. Dawn of the Dead, directed by George A. Romero. Now, I say, you know, this really defined the zombie genre. It's because, you know, he did Night of the Living Dead in 1968. And and that was, I I love that film. Me and John from uh, Now in Technicolor, we just did a mindless commentary theater on that last night. And uh, you can can go on YouTube. You can can check that out. Just type in mindless commentary theater or go to Podfix Presents. You'll find a video up there of me and John doing that. A lot of pimp hand talk. We talked about his strong pimp hand in that a lot. But, um... You know, there, there was things that happened in Night of the Living Dead that don't really jive with Romero zombies. They're 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 eating bugs. They're you know they're kind of using tools. You know they're 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 thinking a whole lot more. But by the time you get to George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, he had really he had really you know defined what his movie monster was, what it meant to be a zombie, and it's something that we that 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 is followed today in 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 zombie genre. So it, it this one literally did define the genre in that it was the first you know it, he also you know in Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, it all takes place in a house or in a mall. But I also love the the idea behind it that um, you can always get into the to the deep you know collegiate talk about it where it's like oh it's you know it's a message on consumerism it's a message on this forget those messages it's just it's just about survival and it's just about surviving the odds and the odds are against them but once they learn to to live in this world there's there's a whole point in the second act where you see them having fun living in this world and who doesn't you know sit there and think like where's the best place to survive the zombie apocalypse what's the most fun and the mall (laughs) is a fun place to survive there's because of this movie there's been video games about surviving it in the mall there's been remakes of this there's been you know everyone makes a zombie survival plan with their friends at some point while you're drunk or or when you're in high school and this movie is really what what brings that to you um it's just it's so good I, I, I can't say it enough. Um, if you're a fan of the genre, you haven't seen it. How? And if you're not a fan of the genre, I would say I would say start here. Uh, definitely check and it out. I will start there. Yeah. Uh, and it, but it does it does have a lot to say about society at the time. There is a truly shocking, horrific, and awful scene that happens in the very beginning of the movie, where during the zombie outbreak in I believe it's Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, the SWAT team is is going into a is going into an apartment complex, and they're taking people out indiscriminately. Yeah, and and what I mean is living people are being killed, zombies are being killed. But mainly, the the living people that are being killed are being killed because of the color of their skin, and it, it's getting into the the whole fact that you know society at the time was still you know was still looking down on people, um, right, right. you know, and it, don't get me wrong, we still do in today's society. People still do. Racism is not gone, but um, but in in the entertainment scope of of this exactly. climate. 
Exactly. And it, it's much more different than it was today. It's such um, a it's such a great from, film. From back then and and what 79 you said? Yeah. I would love I would love for you to watch it and uh I mean I know you've seen the Zack Snyder remake. I know you've seen that one. Um it, this is far different. Very different. Less people. Um you know you you have No, I will definitely watch it. You have me. you have a good 10 or 15 characters that you follow in in the remake. In this one it's just three. Just three people surviving in the mall and it's it's extremely interesting. It's cool. one of my favorite zombie films. It's one of my favorite. Just one of my favorite films. It's definitely something that I watch every year around this time. So nice. Let us know what you thought of our list. Head out to Twitter. You can tweet at Jay for all your hate mail at JD Short zero zero nine. You can just tweet at us uh, at the podcast at Super Movie Pod on there. And then we'll be back next week with a full episode and all of our audio issues will be taken care of but i hope everyone enjoyed this small episode we're making we're we're, we're taking lemons and we're making lemonade yeah, with it yeah nice little charming little one definitely I want to thank everybody for listening have a great night and cheers cheers, cheers.